0: Happy Mother's Day again. Uh, We saw that video, thought what a a beautiful video, wanted to show that. If uh, wherever you are at, uh, in your homes, living rooms, wherever, if you are close to a woman, a young adult woman, she doesn't have to be a mom or an older grandmother, if you would just uh, gently, with their permission, just place your hand on their shoulder. Just want to pray a blessing. On all uh, women. So, Lord, as, as Pastor Jed led this morning with that beautiful imagery in Scripture of a hen gathering its chicks under her wings, Lord, that's that's part of Your heart, Your loving heart, um, for us. Uh, that You gather and desire to gather us under your wings. Lord, thank you that you have that heart uh, for mothers, for grandmothers, uh, for single women. You love them as a hen loves the chicks and you desire to gather them under your wings. Lord, especially for those who are, are struggling on Mother's Day, Lord, a, a source of pain, Lord, would they know your manifest presence, your Your comfort, your mercy, your grace. Lord, Lord would they know the peace that comes from knowing you, that, um, that in you there is always Love, comfort, and hope. And Lord, we also pray for each and every woman that you would fill them afresh this day in our congregation. Lord, that you would fill them with all of those mothering instincts of compassion, of kindness, and goodness and that they would live those out in honor and glory to you. In your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, it is good to be with you on this uh, Mother's Day, and wanted to begin with a question uh, for us this morning. Have you ever, on any subject, significantly Changed your mind. Significantly changed how you thought about a particular subject um, or a particular person. Uh, maybe you used to be a Republican and are now a Repub- uh, Democrat, or you used to be an Independent and now you're a Republican. That, that change. Um, you used to be a, a Catholic and now a Protestant, or uh, you were an atheist and now a Christian. You used to be a, a Broncos fan and now you're, I don't know, a, a Chicago Bears fan. That that transition somehow, you 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 changed your opinion on a particular subject. I have a friend who used to be a Pentecostal pastor, and he now is an Anglican priest. Sometimes in life we we change. Significantly, I'd like you to think about with me the power of mindset, the power of how we think about things, and how significant that has can be in our lives. I've changed my opinion about a couple of things. I was thinking about my opinion about church, capital C, growing up, church was nothing but boring and irrelevant. And even though I had a faith, I didn't feel like the church really helped my faith at all. And because God has a sense of humor, I'm a pastor now leading a church. I've changed my view of the church, of uh, of how crucial it is in our relationship with the Lord. I've changed my opinion about uh, a person. I was thinking about my brother. On Mother's Day, I was reminiscing about, with my sister, how there were many times in childhood that I would scream at the top of my lungs that I would never, ever talk to my brother ever again. And my mother would say constantly, he's your brother, friends come and go. And I, no! And I would swear, no! And now he's one of my best friends maybe even watching this live stream right now, right? The power of how we think or view or understand someone or something can be very, very significant in our lives. The Apostle Paul talks about this idea a number of times. In one of the scriptures, Romans 8, 5, he says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Notice that that mindset he's talking about, that perspective, what we think about. And, and as Christians, we're called not to have the same mindset of the world where we're just being driven and thinking about what we want and how we're going to be entertained. It's all about us, but we're meant to make a transition. And it says, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. He's talking about the power of your mindset, how you live, what you're focused on, what you're paying attention to, what you're daydreaming about when you're going to sleep, what what thoughts are invading you. We've been in a series we've called Carrying the Mat, the healing ministry of Jesus and i want to suggest to you that this series that the healing ministry in our congregation springs community church and in your life if we are going to see god miraculous work in our lives if we're going to see healing and restoration if we're going to see the the reality of heaven coming to earth we're going to have to go through some profound Changes of our mind, of how we see and understand healing ministry today. We're going to have to address, I'm convinced, that there's a number of, of mindsets that we're going to have to experience a shift in if we're going to see God work in this way. My hope is that the whole series has been slowly bringing about what we really think and what we really believe about healing ministry and seeing that transformation last week that the, the beautiful message by Jedediah and, and, and friends they were people who had gone through this this change of mind, this mindset shift in terms of healing and they were seeing God at work in their lives in that miraculous Wait, my prayer, my hope is that for us we would go through those similar mindset shifts. We're going to look at a story in particular in Mark chapter 5 if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles at home where the the thoughts and the mindset of the person who is healed is revealed. It's It's really neat and we're going to think about these, this mind shift. So I'm going to read from Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 24, 24b, halfway through the verse. We we looked at the story before a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about the Greek word sozo. It was in Luke, but we're going to slow down and pay particular attention to this one story and what it has to teach us this morning. Mark 5, verse 24, a large crowd followed and pressed around Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I just touch his clothes I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I love when, in the story of Christ and his disciples, the disciples are befuddled. When they have no idea, they're just not tracking with Jesus. Who touched me? Uh, Everyone was touching you. Every, everyone was pressing. No, 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 no. Who touched me? This befuddled. One question that I always wonder about this text, I'm not sure if we can answer definitively, is did Jesus really not know who touched him? Or was he faking it for effect? Was he making people draw in? I I'm not sure if we can answer that question. Was he... Another way to ask that is, was he operating on his divine nature or his human nature? But the main point is, is that Jesus knew something had happened and he did not want to miss this teaching opportunity about life and faith and healing and how it works. And so he slows down, he stops, and he's not going to allow this teaching opportunity for his disciples and for you and for me to pass us by. So Jesus intentionally stops and finds out the story and shares with us. So we're going to look at the story and ask Jesus, what do you want to teach us about life and faith and particular healing? And we're going to look at three words that that stuck out to me and then subsequent questions from those words. Those words are, and if you've got your own Bible and you want to highlight these words, I like to highlight, helps me remember, thought, press, and power. Thought, press, and power. Highlight or circle, you can take notes, those three words. First, look at verse 8. We're actually told what the woman, when she's caught, when she falls before Jesus And I imagine that this was remembered by the disciples and it was part of the early church. Her testimony of her experience was part of the early church testimony and that's why it made it into the Gospels, Mark and Luke and Matthew. And she shared when she's in the spotlight, she shares her actual thought process, what she was thinking, what she was believing as she was pushing into the crowd. And she says this in verse 8, If I I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. That's what she was thinking. And incredibly, Jesus makes this statement at the end. He says, your faith has healed you. Why would Jesus say it like that? Your faith has healed you. I think it leads us to the conclusion, which is very profound and important, that what you believe about healing intimately relates to what you will experience. What you believe about healing intimately relates to what You will experience your conviction, your mindset, what you believe, the faith that you hold and that you carry is intimately related to your experience of healing and restoration. At least according to Jesus, that Jesus highlights this aspect of the story. And I think this leads us to a subsequent question. What do you really think about healing ministry today? What do you really believe about the miraculous today in your life, in your family's life, and in your church? What's your mindset? What's your brain space? Again, the Apostle Paul says this in Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above. You could call that a heart set. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. He's saying this is the Christian life. This is what we do. We set our hearts on the things of God. We set our minds on the things of the Spirit. He says when you do that, you will begin to see your life and experience Change and transform when you're focused on the things of God. I've been reflecting on healing ministry and some of the mindsets that I've had to wrestle with, and sometimes, quite honestly, fall back into, but have to continue to uh, allow my mind to be transformed and renewed by the word and the voice of God. And I was thinking that maybe some of these mindsets are similar to our church that we have to bust through. I think very early in my faith, I wrestled with this mindset, that healing and the supernatural belongs in the realm of the superstitious. In other words, that it's not for today. You know, that was the predominant teaching of many uh, world uh, world theologians, that, that all of the miraculous was part of a, an age of superstition and weren't true. Many have asked, why don't we see more miracles today? I think part of the answer is, as the church has not faithfully taught the testimony of scriptures, that God is a miraculous, miracle-working God. But an honest and faithful reading and application of the text of stories just like this leads us to the conclusion that God is indeed in the business of doing miracles in the times of Jesus, in the times of Scripture, in the early church, and every generation, and today God is in the work, in the business. That's part of the family business is the miraculous and healing today. Faithful and honest reading of the text leads us for sure to that conclusion. Another mindset that I wrestled with is miracles were really a Jesus thing. He's the son of God. He was Jesus. He could do all that. That was for his time and, and maybe the disciples, but but not for us. I was thinking how in uh, popular culture, we always talk about, you know, there's one man who walked on water and no one else ever did. Biblically speaking, that's not true. Do you know that there was another person who walked on water? He didn't do it too well, but Peter, right? That's part of that story. And I would say again, a faithful and honest reading of the text, when you begin to look at the life and ministry of Jesus, when you begin to look at his uh, discipleship strategy, his strategy wasn't just that he would do all the stuff and everybody would go, wow, he's Jesus. But his discipleship strategy was that ordinary people like you and me would do extraordinary things in his power. That was his discipleship strategy. We see that in Peter. We see that in disciples. We see that in the extended church that ordinary people would do extraordinary things in the power of God. That is how Jesus discipled. That was Jesus' intention and heart for the church that he would establish. Forever and ever. That's Jesus' heart and attention and discipleship strategy today. That he would take ordinary, broken people like you and me. And he'd use us to humbly do extraordinary things. To draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Some have said. There's one more mindset I wanted to mention. One was that perhaps healing is for today and some people do it, but it's for other people. It's not for me. And I've realized that perhaps healing is not a primary gift that flows from my life and ministry on a regular basis. And yet at the same time, he calls every Christian to be a part of his supernatural work in the world. Again, a faithful and honest reading of scripture leads us to that idea that we are meant to be, that that the supernatural is meant to be natural for us. Why? Because it was for Jesus. Because we serve a supernatural God. And that we're called to live, I love this phrase, I wish I would have coined it, I did not, naturally supernatural lives because that's the life that Jesus did. That's the life he discipled his disciples in. That's the life he calls us, that we serve and worship a supernatural God. And our lives should reflect that. What do you believe about healing today and the miraculous. I want to challenge us to transform our minds and our thoughts and our perspectives from what scripture teaches us today. Second word that I asked you to think about is this idea of pressed, of pressing in in verse 24. That indeed was the crowd that was pressing in, but I was thinking about the woman in particular, you could also say another word with pressed is that she touched in verse 28. An absolutely beautiful part of this story is the perseverance of this woman. For 12 years, she was struggling and hurting and wounded and think over that 12-year period, the things that she had to press through to get to this moment with Jesus. You, you notice when, when finally the spotlight's on her and she, she falls at the feet of Jesus, it says she was trembling with fear. Do you know why she was trembling with fear? Because to get to that moment, she had to push through so many cultural barriers, so much religious and ceremonial barriers to get to that moment that she was crossing all these lines and she would have no idea how this Jewish rabbi teacher would react by learning that someone in their culture, this unclean woman was touching her and in their faith structure would make him unclean in fact this this woman over the 12 year period would be considered an untouchable there's a place in the in the jerusalem temple that was just for women she couldn't go there she couldn't worship there because she was unclean she couldn't be in crowds out in public without announcing that she was unclean because if she touched anyone then then in their cultural understanding she would make others unclean. When she was pushing and pressing through the crowd, there would have been many that were angry with her to touch a Jewish man, let alone a rabbi as an untouchable yourself. Well, no wonder she was afraid. And yet, She kept pressing. She kept persevering. She kept believing in God. She kept trusting in God's heart of healing and restoration. And she pressed through. I was just wondering, how willing am I to keep pressing for the work of God? How willing are you to stay focused and and year after year to keep pressing into the things of the kingdom, even when we don't see healing, even when we don't understand, even when we have questions to keep pressing and pushing, even when we have to cross even cultural lines or religious lines, we keep believing and trusting how much perseverance, you have for the things of God? Speaking of mindsets, I used to have a, a mindset of prayer, especially as younger in prayer that God is God and I'm not. So if I, if I pray one time, he knows and, and we call it good. right? And I remember reading in scripture and Jesus was about to introduce a parable of the persistent widow. And here's the line that introduces from Luke 18 one says, then Jesus told his parable, his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And how Jesus continues to encourage prayer in a different way. Yes, we serve a loving God, but persistence matters. Perseverance matters. Pressing matters. How we press into the things of God is intimately related to our experience of God and the miraculous. I wanted you to hear uh, another beautiful testimony. Um, from a family, actually, I thought it would be beautiful on Mother's Day to hear the testimony uh, of a whole family, Scott and Dana and Morgan Reese, and their experience of uh, healing and restoration. Morgan was wrestling and desiring and praying for. In fact, the whole family was was pressing for Morgan, that she would experience the healing of God. Listen to this uh testimony we taped earlier. Hi, Reese family. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, the willingness to join us and share your story, really a family's journey of healing. Morgan, uh, this has been your story. You experienced a lot of ailments and di- difficulties physically from as long as you can remember. Would you share a little bit about Uh, your childhood and that that difficult experience
1: yeah so as a kid I grew up being sick a lot I would go about every four to six weeks of just being sick to where I would have to go either to urgent care or the doctor Mm -hmm. to help me get better and get up on my feet again Mm -hmm. and it was my health has always been something I've struggled with I have been in and out of the hospital, and um, about when I was 14 years old, um, there was a time I woke up in the hospital, and I think this was really from my parents, I don't remember a whole lot of this, <laughs> but I, I woke up and I pointed to the wall and I said, Jesus is here.
0: Huh. And
1: I think that was a reminder from God saying that I'm here with you because through all this illness, I really felt discouraged and I was like I was forgotten from the Lord and I wasn't sure where he was at. There's a psalm. I don't know which psalm it is, but it says, um, "You, why have you forgotten me? And I felt like that a lot. But once I saw him in the hospital, I really felt like he is truly here with me he hasn't left me he's on this journey with me so then i clung to psalm 56 8 which says you keep track of all my sorrows you have collected all my tears in your bottle and you have recorded each one in your book wow and i really clung to you once i saw him
0: so at that point you hadn't received healing yet but the promise of his Presence and companionship that he was journeying with you Very very powerful for you, especially in the most discouraging times
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. I really felt like he was there even though I still struggled with the sickness and the constant of being in bed for months on end Mm -hmm. even after I saw that I
0: still Missing a lot of school. Is that Mm yeah? Yeah, I I, I
1: spent Seventh grade and tenth grade, at home with a tutor.
0: Wow. Yeah. So just a fatigue and a weariness that you were experiencing. Yes. Scott and Dana, share a little bit from the parents' perspective that must have been incredibly challenging to your faith. And uh, I'm I'm I know you were constantly praying for. Um, for Morgan, and so share a little bit about those moments of discouragement, uh, moments of hope, uh, moments of pressing in and perseverance.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you had an amazing word from God early on.
3: Uh, yeah, I I felt very discouraged. I, I felt uh, so discouraged that I didn't feel like I could even pray. Hmm. I I um wanted to believe that God would heal Morgan but I just couldn't I couldn't grab hold of it um because it was so depressing and sad and hard and so one night I I went to bed and fell right to sleep and a little later on in the night I woke up startled awake and I felt like the Lord had a message for me and it was number one, Morgan's gonna be healed, and number two, I want your praise. And so, I expected to wake up the next morning with Morgan jumping on the bed, <laughs> and- but she wasn't yet. She was not, she was not, and I was very disappointed that she wasn't, but I felt like there was a message there still of praising God, even though I didn't see the healing. And so I committed to praising him for her future healing, praising him, okay, she's not well. You know, I did that every day. She, you know, how are you feeling? Well, I feel worse. Okay, well, I'm praising God anyway, but she's going to be well.
2: Wow. We clung to that word. We we took her to multiple specialties, uh, infectious disease, uh, gastroenterology, uh, an allergist had her braces out, thinking metals were part of the, the equation. Uh, so we did all these things, but we clung to that word. Uh, and as time went on, we, would, uh, we did become very discouraged. Uh, I didn't ever stop believing in, in the healing power of God. But uh, some days we were just doing it to, to do it. We weren't feeling the victory. We were just doing it. To praise him kind of to dare to praise him anyway we would, dan and i would take turns you know it'd be like my turn to have despair yeah <laughs> and then okay now you go you know uh, so usually it wasn't at the same time which was a good
0: yeah. Time. yeah yeah good so um you you shared that then kind of in your young adult life morgan you had figured out braces were out so if there were metal allergies you had figured out a very strict diet to, to kind of do that and yet um you're a little bit older and they were having was it a renewal service or a prayer service at our church springs yes. church okay and you went there and share a little bit of your experience at that service
1: yeah so you know when you get that feeling when pastor asks you can come up for prayer and your heart just starts beating super fast you know you're supposed to go up there but you're you're just terrified Uh so i'm like i have to go up there so i don't know i my parents were off praying for somebody and i find um sean Shank was at the church at the time and um him and scott steinberg prayed for Uh me and Immediately, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I couldn't even stand. I fell to the floor, and they laid me on the floor. and down. It wasn't a crash on the floor. <laughs> no. Right. No. Okay.
0: Um,
1: and at first, I felt very, very cold. Huh. And then from my head down to my toes, I got really hot. And then it just instantly went away. And then... I got up, and I went over to sit back down in the seat, and Faith was there. Faith and mm-hmm. Yes. And I told her, I I was like, I think I have been healed. And so um, the next day at work, I went and bought, um, it was a Hershey's chocolate bar. <laughs> I ate the whole thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, she says, Dad, I want to eat something I shouldn't. I'm like, well, what do you want? <laughs>
0: Chocolate, I'm like do it <laughs> all yeah. that a candy bar confirmation. Is that, what yes.
1: that Yes And so ever since then I I haven't been sensitive to metal I can eat anything that I want I I have a tattoo that says I'm healed with the oh, cross right. on it oh. um, as my testimony because this was a long journey
0: Yes and How how long ago was that healing experience, Morgan?
1: It was about four years ago. I think it was the fall of 2016. And it's just, I don't really ever get sick. And if I get sick, I get sick like a normal person. And I don't have to go to the ER or the doctor to get better. I'll be (laughs) sick for a day and I can recover on my own again. Yay.
0: Yes. (laughs) Praise God. That is such an awesome story. Thank you, Reese family for uh, sharing with us a beautiful testimony to the fact that God heals today.
2: Amen. Praise God.
0: Thank you. And God bless you. Bye.
2: Bye. God bless.
0: Yay. Yeah, Yay. Yeah, God. It's not an awesome story. I mean, And if you you think about that story, if you try and figure it out and why did it happen at that timing and what was going on and what, you you just can't. You just see the Reese family together. We're stepping in to be faithful to God, to trust him, uh, to keep praying, to persevere, to press in unsure even when they they received like dana receiving that that dream and that promise and then and yet it didn't work out Uh, it wasn't that morning that that morgan jumped up and yet they continued to press in they continued to trust what a beautiful model what they what they believed for was intimately connected to their experience Oh, if we could do that for one another, what would it look like if we, if we did that not just for our own personal healing, but if we were like that that picture of a mother and a father, praying, carrying one another, whether we're on a mat or not, to the the throne room of grace, and praying, Lord, would you bring healing? Today, in this moment. One final word I think we have to pay attention to is this idea of power. What a a beautiful instance in the life of Jesus. Jesus wasn't carrying around a, a Harry Potter wand. What he was carrying around was divine power of the Godhead. He was walking around that, and through this story, we see power. Jesus says, yeah, this is how it works, that I have the divine power in me, and when when someone reaches out and perseveres and believes for it and touches me, then power actually goes from Jesus to this woman. And I think it leads us to this question in terms of, of healing are you empowered or powerless now of the three questions i think this question is a little bit of a trick question of how you answer that because truth be told if it's just up to you and it's just up to me then indeed we are powerless without a doubt but jesus his discipleship plan again is not to leave us in that powerless place, but to fill you and me with that same divine power that he lived his life with. Interesting moment in the life and ministry of Jesus when he'd been doing the stuff, Luke chapter 9, and he's about to send out his disciples to do the stuff like he was doing the stuff. Listen to what he does just before he sends them out. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them what? I don't hear you. Thank you for the few folks. Yes. Power and what else? Authority. Thank you. Thank you, Luke, my son. Power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. To proclaim the kingdom and demonstrate the kingdom. He delegates that same power to you and me. One final prayer of the Apostle Paul. Just so beautiful. Ephesians 1 18 and 20. I don't think we have that in the outline, but just uh, jot that down. Write that down. Ephesians 1, 18 and 20. And this is Paul's prayer, reflection of his prayer for the church and uh, the Christians in Ephesus, but of course for you and me. I pray, Paul says, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know that you would know the hope. The hope to which he has called you. That this is not all there is, but there's this incredible kingdom story that Jesus will return again and restore all things. That is our hope. He also prays that our the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened, that you may know the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, that God has so much in his house, as we sang earlier, is all this abundance for us in this life and the life to come, that you would know the riches, God's riches of inheritance. And then also we praise that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you may know this final part The incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same. It's the same power. Look at your neighbor, whoever you're sitting next to, and say, same power. Power. Same power. If you're not with anyone, look at Jesus. Same power. Same power. That power is the same as the mighty strength he, the Father, exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That power of resurrection, that power of ascension, that power that Jesus lived his life, that resurrection power, that same power is in you. Come on, that's part of the inheritance, friends. That's the mindset we need to shift to. That he does not want us walking around in this broken world with a sense of powerlessness that we can do nothing, but we walk around with the same power, that same resurrection power, that incomparably great power that Jesus did. I want to leave you with this last thought. It's from the last verse of our story. And in a beautiful way, Jesus hears the testimony of the woman. This untouchable woman touches Jesus, and she's no more, no longer untouchable. When she touches Jesus, the rabbi who everyone thought she would make unclean, it was Jesus, the rabbi, who made her clean. And he says to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. It's the only place we see Jesus referring to a woman, his daughter. I wonder Why? why because this untouchable social outcast unclean woman became a daughter of the king became a daughter within God's family that's the heartbeat of healing it's the heartbeat of God that Healing is not meant to be flashy or showy or something on television that's for other people. That's a mindset we need to let go. Healing is rooted in the the tender heart of God. His father's heart, his mother's heart of love and compassion. And as we journey together, you heard it in, in Morgan's words. That even though it was years, longer than 12 years for Morgan where she suffered, and yet the the closeness, the, the intimacy, the relationship, the companionship of God was there. He wants us to know how much he loves us. Healing is part of the tender heart of the Father for you and for me. Let's pray. So, Lord, we want to echo the Apostle Paul's prayer that this morning would you fill us with hope, Lord God, especially for those of us that are discouraged, especially if, if we have some ailment or some relationship or some struggle, Lord God, with the, the the temptation is that that we wallow in hopelessness, Lord God. Would you touch those of us that are there and would you fill us with your hope? Lord, even though we have not seen the healing yet that we have prayed for and prayed for, would you help us to trust you, Lord? Lord, would you increase our faith? Lord, we want a, a faith that keeps pressing in, that keeps believing that keeps trusting, that keeps praying for ourselves and one another. Lord, give us the hope that we need to keep on pressing, Lord Jesus. Lord, I want to pray that we would know the incredible gifts and the incredible abundance of your inheritance, Lord. That when we come into the family of God, you have so much for us, Lord God. Lord, would you give us eyes to see or the ears of our hearts to to hear your abundance for us, your favor for us, Your goodness for us today and into eternity, Lord God. And Lord, we pray that you would teach us about your incomparably great power that you have for us today to live by to pray with, to press in. Lord, that we would continue to pray for ourselves and for healing and restoration because we know it's your heart, that we would continue to pray in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, not our own, but in your name, Jesus, your authority, that same power that you would lead us to pray for one another with that resurrection power. And we would trust you with the results. We would trust you with the timing. We would entrust you with the questions and the answers, Lord God. But we we would persevere and keep praying in power for one another. And trust your words that what we believe would be intimately connected to our experience. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.